Welcome to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, where we delve into the depths of what it means to be a man in today's world, and we explore the real-life challenges and triumphs that you and I face every single day. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I come with no answers, only questions for some of the most wise, insightful, and grounded men that I know. So get settled in. You're listening to Modern Masculinity. Fellas, what's going on? My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I'm your host for today your guide, your Sherpa. Well, not quite your Sherpa, but you'll see why I bring that up today. And and today's episode is with Ben Gibson. And this episode was recorded literally days before Ben went up to Denali. And we've got probably got to have him come back for a round two because his trip up there was absolutely insane, full of delays, full of complications. I mean, from the outside, it looked like nothing went according to plan. But we talk about the plan leading up to that because Ben is the host of the Athlete Dad podcast. He's he's also an avid mountaineer and climber and adventure sports dad. And we talk about the things that are necessary in order for someone to both search for and, and, and accomplish their wildest dreams while also being an amazing dad, being an amazing husband, supporting the family, providing for the family. And not only just monetarily, not only just, you know, the figurative, here's leaving money on the table for dinner, but to actually provide emotionally, financially, psychologically, all of those things that we as parents, as men are looked to, to provide. And the challenge is that there are times where Ben's out on the mountain for hours, days, even weeks at a time where he's unavailable. How do you accomplish both? And so many would say and tell Ben that that's not possible and that you've got to pick one or the other. But Ben is someone who's bucking the norms. He's bucking the system and, and he's, he's going out and making it happen on his own accord. He's doing it his own way. He's creating his own model. And I think that it's a, a fantastic model. And a, and a fanta- Ben is, is a fantastic example of a, of a human being, a dad, a father, a husband, is going out there and doing some awesome shit. So, anyways, I love you. Thank you for being here. I hope this episode finds you well and, and that this episode leaves you better than when it found you. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Because, y'all, this is Ben Gibson. Ben, welcome to the Modern Masculinity Show. How are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm super pumped to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation since we booked it. And so certainly all week have just been excited to get some one-on-one time with you, my friend. What's interesting is I really made a mistake that I try and not do. And I hate asking that question, how are you doing? Because it's such a bad, bad question. (laughs) Because in the front row dads, when people ask that, a lot of times, you know, we kind of we're willing to like jump in and tell you exactly like how things are going when most people, when they ask that question, don't actually care or they're not listening for that. I am curious, what is real for you? What are you challenged with right now as a man, a husband, a father, a provider? Well, I think you nailed it first to just add on what you were saying is that this idea of like, yeah, how are you? And I think that the way that I know that I have started to move myself into a better community of men is that when I ask that question of you or somebody asks that question of me in front row dads, I know that they're looking for the real deal. I definitely appreciate that level of depth that we just dive into right away. But man, what is going on right now? I mean, the thing I'm really 
struggling with in, in a really positive way. Sometimes you're just in the shit and you're just struggling, struggling just to get through it. And right now I'm struggling in like a really positive way where the forces and challenges that are weighing upon me are things that I'm really excited to be dealing with. So on Monday, I think this has been the biggest one that has been weighing on my mind. So Monday, I hop on a plane to Alaska to go attempt to summit Denali. So Denali is the tallest peak in North America. It's a little over 20,000 feet. And I'm basically going to get dropped off in a bush plane on a glacier and just be on the mountain for an indefinite amount of time. And that is in three days, the realization of a three-year dream. So that, I think, for me, has been sort of like the center of my focus as of late. Aside from that, I think that the struggle to balance everything has been the exciting challenge. You know, I'm back to my regular nine-to-five job in sales. I have just recently launched a podcast of my own that is consuming a lot of my time and energy and bringing a ton of joy and excitement to my life. But most importantly... I'm trying to keep my wife and kids as the priority, as the focus. And that in itself has been challenging in a really positive way to test me and make sure that what I say are my priorities are my priorities, even though some of these other things are coming into the fold and consuming oxygen in the room. So I'd say that's a big one for me right now is this challenge of balance. Well, first, I'm honored that you would have this conversation three days before you're about to go summit this mountain because I'm just honored that you would take the time to do that, given that that's coming up in a few days. And and I want to honor and affirm you because I know that it's not something that happened yesterday or that started a week ago. I mean, you have really been on this journey, a very intentional journey to make this a reality and to make this happen whilst not setting everything on fire behind you. Because I know people who I love who they have this idea, they go out and they just go make it happen without regards to much else. And they get in their zone and that's perhaps why they succeed in in the lane that they succeed in. But success for you in this has not just been about getting up the mountain. It's about doing that and having your wife providing whatever that looks like for her. You've got the kids, you've got the like everything. So I want to honor you because you're in it and you're doing it. So Talk about that and why that was important, what that journey has been like. Take us into that. I've heard it, but I'd love for the listeners to kind of hear that perspective that you have. Yeah, sure. So my belief that I've developed over the years is that I'm able to show up as the best version of myself when I am in the pursuit of a physical goal. And I feel like to some degree, that's been the case my entire life. And I just didn't really know it. I wasn't really intentional about the benefits that I would extract from physical pursuits. It was just more something that I enjoyed and found a lot of fulfillment in. But it was once I started to become a husband and a father that I started to kind of shift the perspective on these kinds of pursuits and the almost responsibility that men have to be ambitious and to go after things that they're passionate and excited about. And so, for me, that really has been kind of the core of why I do these things and why they're so important to me is that I feel like when I'm going after a goal, first off, it has just this amazing unifying effect. It it has the ability to bring all of my priorities in my life into alignment to make me 
as efficient, as effective, as present, as powerful as I possibly could be. And an example of that is, you know, if I've got a, a mountain to climb, I've got training. And if I've got training, I've got to make sure my diet is tight. And if I've got training and diet, I've got to make sure I'm sleeping right. And these are all consuming an enormous amount of time and I don't get paid to do them. So that means that my work has got to be efficient. And of course, my sacred time with my family, that has to be protected and I've got to be present and I've got to be way more thoughtful about it. But then all of these things have cascading impacts of me training and me dieting and me making my own schedule of family time and other things like that. That impacts everyone else in the family. So now my time management skills and my communication skills and my planning skills and my adaptability have to be way better than just normal day-to-day life in order for me to get this done. And like you said, not set everything on fire. And I haven't yet set everything on fire, but there's definitely charred remains throughout my life as I have stumbled through this in the realization that these things have this amazing unifying effect that I think it's important. I always say that I'm not a religious person, but there was something about connecting with the mountains that was like a religious experience for me. I didn't grow up in the mountains. I didn't even grow up enjoying the mountains. Like nothing about the mountains fascinated me. In the fulfillment of my father's own dream of going to Nepal, I realized that, wow, maybe these mountains actually kind of tap my soul in a unique way that I've got to explore more. And I realized that in the pursuit of this connection with the mountains and pursuit of physical feats on mountains, that it, it, gave me a sense of fulfillment and joy and sense of happiness and meaning that I just wasn't getting elsewhere in my life. The long story short is there's not just this very like pragmatic reason of like, wow, I'm much more efficient and effective and present because of these things. But then there's also one of those sort of intangible benefits of the sense of fulfillment and happiness. And if I'm efficient and effective and I'm fulfilled, like the dad and the husband and the man and the friend that shows up in the world is the best version of myself. It's so encouraging is a very terrible word for what I am trying to say, but only because you're setting an example, not only for all of our listeners, but your kids. One of the themes that's come up in our conversations is that generally there's not enough models for men today to look at and say, that's how we should do it. We can't look to our father or our grandfathers in terms of doing what you're doing because there's nobody who had those set of plates to be able... They had much less plates and there were less plates available to them. And that had its own challenges and its own benefits. And now we have more opportunities. And with that creates a need for, frankly, these models. And what I think is just so beautiful is that you're doing it. Although there may be some charred remains, which I'm curious how much you're willing to share about those, because I think we're, we're all wondering, we've all have our charred remains, but I, I'm just so honored to call you a friend and for what you're doing for your son and having him see you chase these things. So anyways, oh, my, my heart is full right now, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate that. I think you're spot on with the, like, the lack of models. And to your point, I approach those sort of situations of looking at our fathers and our grandfathers and men that have come before us with the utmost empathy, especially grandparents, where it's like, well, yeah, I would have loved to have climbed mountains, but I was in the war. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah totally get it, dude. Like you didn't even have the capacity, but in a lot of situations, what was considered 
you know, and I talk with grandparents about this, what was considered to be like the most important, most respectable, most ambitious thing you could do post-war was have a stable job that gave you a life's worth of guaranteed income. And again, stability like stability was like, wow, you have achieved greatness if you are stable and your family is complete. Then you look at the next generation. And I think that's where things started to get more and I guess ambitiously creative in the freedoms that they had. But then you also had two camps of models. You had, especially if I think of like mountain sports, you had people doing cool shit with no responsibilities. And then you had people with responsibilities not doing cool shit. And so like you, you didn't have anyone that was really like marrying the two. And I think it's interesting that now our generation and every generation has their sort of, I think of it as like your responsibility to prior generations based on like how good your situation is today. I look at how good our life is today and with technology and the freedoms that we have and a lot of these like shifts in the ideologies around things like we'll talk about like masculinity and femininity and what it means to have stability and all this. Like I almost look at all the flexibility that gives us as like we have an obligation to continue down that path of now we are men with responsibilities, but we also sort of have an obligation to be doing some cool shit too, whether that's in business, in physical pursuits. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, he's he has a successful job and like that's cool. But it's like, I, I think men especially feel kind of this pressure to do like a little bit more nowadays w- with that sense. And so I think where the the lack of modeling is challenging is in many ways, there's no roadmap. There's no blueprint of like, how do I do these things, which I think are very core to men showing up the way that they should show up to be the best version of themselves, but also be responsible. Because you and I have both seen models, especially in the physical pursuit world, the sport world of men achieving greatness at the expense of their families. Talk about some charred remains. Some of the most elite athletes in their sport have just wreckage behind them in terms of their families and the way that they've actually modeled being that responsible man. Yeah. We come from a company and I've seen a lot of people struggle to achieve at a high level and also be a present father. I mean, there are a limited number of examples that were able to, and it was a very narrow, that's what I'm looking for, sample size. But in the same case, I saw that and I saw them spending 14, 16 hours at the office. And I'm like, there's no way you could be present. Practically, the numbers aren't there. So anyways, I can get upset about that. (laughs) Talk about this cool shit thing though, because I think that's something that I've not articulated quite as well as you have, but in the sense of, you're right, there is a deep need to provide, but then that's oftentimes a giving thing. And so much of what we're learning is like, we have to find ways to give back to ourselves too. We have to fill our own cup. We have to recharge, you know, our own stuff. And I think that doing cool shit is a big part of that. I don't know what the question is here, but like, where did that come from? Or how did you stumble on that? Or what was the origin of that being part of your ethos? Sure. First, I think if I think about it in terms of like the hierarchy of needs, I think doing cool shit is certainly like a privileged upper rung of the hierarchy. Like if you're struggling with disease or struggling to put food on the table, doing cool shit is and probably should be the last thing on your to-do list. That's where you get to like the people that were like doing cool shit, but no responsibilities. You can be doing cool shit and being irresponsible. And so one, I feel like there's this sense of I've got stability. I feel like I've provided the things that I need to provide. You know, I think to up-level yourself, because there was this, and I think I got this from Front Row Dads too, there was this great study done in the UK around what is required for men 
to feel fulfilled in life. And the number one thing was personal growth, personal development, and consistently done. And so one, I think in the sense of needing to up-level ourselves to continue that path of growth, doing cool shit is like one of the best ways, I think, to up-level yourself for the challenge, for the inspiration, the motivation, the perspective, like all those things. That's one piece of it is the continuation of up-leveling and growth. The other piece of it too is what we said earlier around this idea of showing up as the best version of yourself. Like I would say, especially through my early 20s, my focus was just trying to do cool shit. And I slowly over time got more responsibility, more responsibility. And I found myself oscillating between the two. It's like, okay, now I've really got to like buckle down and I've got to be responsible. I've got to make some money. I've got to change who I am. Like those days are in the past now that I'm a a husband. Okay, now that I'm a father. And what I realized was that there was like this dimming of my own light where I don't know if resentment is the right word, but I certainly felt like there was something absolutely missing in my life. And it wasn't for the thing, it wasn't because I wasn't doing things that I enjoyed. I was doing a lot of things I enjoyed, but I I wasn't really attempting to do things that I felt were worthy of my time, but something that was really like going to touch my soul or to challenge me to grow in the most profound way. And I think that in doing cool shit, it's like the only way that you can really tap into something that's so deep inside you that it transforms you as a human being. For me, it's like, I I think of it this way when I'm talking to people about doing cool shit. And it's funny that the way I describe it all the time too, was like, we just got to do cool shit. So a buddy of mine is a skier and he's just like, yeah, I like to ski. It's, it's okay. Like, I, I wish I got to ski more, but like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what gets you fired up about it? Like, what would get you so pumped about skiing that you like could not sleep? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, where in the world would you have the opportunity to ski for you just to be so pumped that you couldn't help but look at flights and make a plan and get a spreadsheet and start working on this idea and manifesting it? He's like, man, I would love to ski in Switzerland. I was like, dude, have you ever considered how rad it would be to go like ski the Matterhorn? Like how amazing would that be to go see that mountain and to go ski it and to have that experience of going to a different country and just skiing that amazing peak? And he's like, dude, that would be that would be pretty epic. And so we start talking about it, like how much your flights, where would you stay? And he starts putting it together, putting it in his spreadsheet. And he's like, oh dude, like this is so much more, I could make this happen. This is so much more reasonable than I thought. And I could just see this like visceral reaction and things start to kind of, all the wheels are starting to turn. And now it's suddenly this thing that this person did that they enjoyed just being like 10 X up leveled in terms of the purpose and the meaning. And also now too, when that person goes and does that, the impact on their life, because it's also, again, it's that up leveling, like, oh, once I've done that, like, ooh, what else is out there? Like, now you've kind of poked your head up through the clouds and you're like, ooh, like, what's going on here? And then in continuing to be able to do those things, it comes back to, okay, cool, I've got to make sure my family stuff is dialed in, my finances are dialed in, my time management is there, like all these other aspects of my life are going to need to improve and up level if I'm going to continue to do this. I didn't realize how important our conversation is going to be today because it's something that we haven't talked about. But I think it's something that's not really in the awareness, even in in the spaces that you and I kind of are getting more comfortable within a dad's group or men's works. And that is this need to, we're calling it do cool shit here, but there is a resentment that's built. I 
I've talked a lot on these converts about, you know, my wife, she is, she's got a new career. She started a variety of new companies and she is just freaking crushing it. And I love that. She's traveling a lot more. I'm spending more time with the kids and which has created a world of opportunities. Never been more connected with the kids. But there's also been times where I'm like, in the throes of being a dad, the kids are screaming, the house is a mess. We're all like, you know, it's, we're on day three without mom and everybody's at our wits end. And I sense this resentment. And on the other side of, of that resentment, where is this coming from? And it's like, oh, because she's out there doing cool shit. And I'm here dumping out the toddler potty. And it was when I said, okay, let's, instead of just sitting at home and hanging out, let's go do cool shit together. So we started finding new cool playgrounds and just the idea of we're not going to just sit back and whatever, but we're going to actively go out and find those things that we can do that bring us joy. And that is a different level. But I think whether it's golfing with the guys, like we always kind of joke about like, like that's made into a joke of like, oh, you know, Saturdays for the boys or whatever. But I think something like that is necessary because without it, there is that resentment that builds. There's no outlet for that. I mean, something happens without it. It's not a fun, at least for me, it was not a fun feeling. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, you're like, and again, it's like, I think it goes without saying, but of course we love our kids. Of course we love our spouse. Of course we love that time. But like, if we're being real, it's also super fucking hard. I don't know why it is the way it is, but I wish I could derive 100% of my fulfillment from inside my home. But I think there's that little part of us that goes back to what men have done and people have done. But of course, we're talking men here. What men have done for millennia is they came to a place and they saw something on the horizon. And there was just that innate curiosity of like, what's over there? What's up there? What if I sailed across this whole damn ocean? It's just this internal need to explore our curiosities, explore the things that light us up and to sort of like scratch that itch of trying to do new things. And I think that we live in an era where that responsibility of that time with the kids and sailing across the ocean, they don't have to be disconnected. In fact, I don't know that it's ever been easier for us to do those things. And I think back to the environment we put ourselves in often dictates how we feel about some of these things that we struggle with at home. If you've ever gone on vacation with your kids, like we went to Hawaii with our kids and I was like, yeah, make a fucking mess. Be loud. I don't care. Look where we are. Something as simple as a change of environment can totally shift our perspective on things that just grind us down at home. My question was always, okay, how do we replicate that feeling more? Because I don't like how I feel when I'm just being ground down at home. I know my kids feel that. I know my wife feels that. I don't want them on the receiving end of that. So what's got to change here? And what's got to change for the better. And I think there's a lot of people coming back to what we said earlier, it's just a lot of people that have just found themselves living in cities or places where they don't necessarily love living there. In fact, they probably to some degree like hate living there. It's like, well, dude, move, go put yourself in a new environment and see if that doesn't just totally change your perspective. And that perspective shift can then start to slowly turn into Hey, what's over there? Hey, what's across that? Hey, let's go do something. Ooh, like new, the newness can just in itself generate a lot of excitement. So yeah, man, we have a responsibility to not just stay in the mud and in the grind, but to look up and for ourselves and our families to be like, what is our ideal situation? What is our ideal environment? And let's go put ourselves in that environment. This is so good. 
I'd love to give the guys out there some sense of, okay, we found our mountain. We've started the spreadsheet. What were some of the things that you had to stumble through? What were some of those charred places that, or maybe the bumpers, the rails? How does someone actually put that together? And can you help us see around any corners that maybe we might not know are there? I think something that I realized was important in hindsight was being really clear about why something is important to me. If I were just to go to my wife and be like, hey, I want to go spend 20 hours a week climbing outside or being on the mountains and skiing. Is that cool with you? She would be like, uh, hell no. That's insane. I can't even believe you would just ask that. Do you understand how much stuff already isn't getting done at home? There's just no way. And that's actually how I approached it in the beginning, almost because I was like avoiding having that important conversation. And I also hadn't done the work to really understand myself. Like, why was this so important? This feels more important than just going surfing. This feels more important to me than just going and being in the mountains, but like, ah, I don't know, whatever. Ugh, I don't want to even have this conversation. And I realized that's got to be the work that you do in the beginning in order to justify creating the space to go do these things. That's the first thing I would sit with is if I'm evaluating my life and I'm evaluating the things that give me energy and the things that take energy, and I'm going deeper onto why, that's going to help me understand a little bit more about what I don't want, what I want in my life. And especially on the things that you want and want more of, it's going to give you the foundation of a conversation with your partner that's going to give you the space to start at least pursuing some of these things. And so, I'd certainly think that the lack of communication and lack of clarity in the beginning left many, many charred remains. And, and honestly, that's something that I think is so important because that's a piece that like never goes away. My wife and I, especially going into this current training period, there's a six-week period where it's like hyper-regimented, hyper-focused, very specific activities for every day. And in some of these instances, I'm gone for eight hours. I'm gone doing my hobby. I don't get paid to do this for eight hours a day. And in some instances, I'm relatively inaccessible unless I have my satellite phone. And so, it's not even just that I'm like, hey, you're with the kids all day, but I'm like completely off grid. What I found is that just because my wife agreed to that up front, and I was very clear about expectations of this is what it's going to take. This is the time commitment. Here's what's going to be frustrating. It doesn't mean that it's like going well. You have to constantly be having that conversation. And without it being rooted in why this is important to me, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Here's what I'm trying to work around and work through and constantly having that engagement. Things just go off the rails quickly and you validate your own fears pretty quickly. Because then you're like, ah, oh, she's not supportive of me. I knew it. I was right. I shouldn't have even asked. I knew my, my dreams are dashed. You know, I'm never going to get to do this. And then the resentment, it's like, dude, you have a responsibility in this too, because that's a lot to put on a partner. So I, I, I can't stress that enough that you've got to do the introspective work and like constantly checking in and like, why is this so important to me? And what does that mean for me? And what is my ask of everyone around me in order to let me pull this thread a little bit? And then the second thing is we talk about agreement to a plan is I have learned that there's got to be a plan, but that the plan can't be centered around just your stuff. That was where I totally dropped the ball because I was like, okay, we, we've communicated. I've got my why. You're on board. You've agreed to it. But all of my planning was just like my shit. <laughs> so what happened is that I was like a horse with blinders on as I'm preparing for my eight-hour day to just like peace out on the weekend. I just would leave the house 
an ungodly mess. I only made coffee for myself. No breakfast for anyone else. Nothing else. No one else is considered. But I didn't agree to that. That wasn't part of the plan. And it's like, dude, if you want, you might get approval and approval, you know, I say that, you know, we respect each other as partners. You might get the agreement that they're on board for this one time. But if your plan only includes your stuff, you will not get approval for this the second time. It might be the last mountain you ever climb. And so a lot of it too is I've had to consider what do the kids need? What does my wife need? And also this idea of not just what do they need it, like a, they've got food to survive, but like how do I deliver in such a way that they're actually glad that I'm gone? Could I make Sunday morning so pleasant for them that they're like, I love when dad leaves because life is so much better when he's got a fresh pot of coffee. I've got my favorite flowers on the table. I've got some soothing music to wake up to. The house is clean. The laundry's done. Like all the things that I know my wife is carrying mentally, that may those are done. And of course, as you start to think about these plans, who better to execute upon them than the dude that's running around with a checklist the night before to do all the stuff for his own thing. And so that was a big part of it too, was like the plan just can't be your own thing. It's got to be a consideration of all the people in the ecosystem to around me. And that's where I started, when I started thinking about that way, that's where I started to realize that these physical pursuits at their core, they are primarily for me, but there are benefits that can be realized in a lot of different ways. If I believe it is a responsibility for me to pursue these things because it allows me to show up as the best version of myself, then it is also a responsibility for me to make sure that those benefits in their entirety make their way back to my family in as many ways as humanly possible. And sometimes that just means making sure that you've reduced the amount of friction that you are causing while you are pursuing these things. So that's another big one is the planning and preparation. And then I think it's the adaptability. Just because you've got a strong why and you create a plan and you've accommodated everybody in your plan and it's perfectly dialed in, like life doesn't work that way, especially over a six-month period with young kids. My son is high risk. He was born preterm. He has a chronic lung disease. And so every time he gets sick, he's in the hospital. Over the course of six months in the wintertime, you know how many kids are sick every three weeks. So almost every month, there was like a week-long hospital stint. It's not even just juggling a job and training. We're in the hospital 24 hours a day. We're trading shifts with two kids. We're trying to navigate that dynamic of that life. So you also have to think about how am I going to adapt to ensure that it's not just these challenges that are like, oh shit, you know what? I got to cancel this trip. Can I get creative in a way that allows me to still accomplish my goal while adapting to the change that's in front of me. And so what that looked like for me was, so when it was my shift at the hospital and I'm hanging out with my son and we're like playing trucks, I've got my exercise bands and I'm doing like a thousand air squats while we're playing and hanging out. And I'm just trying to adapt to those situations. So I'd say to start, those are like the foundational pillars. You've got to be really clear and have a why. You've got to have a really dialed in plan and that plan has to accommodate everyone. And then you've got to figure out like, how am I going to adapt to the inevitable change? Yeah. It's so cool, man. I think you're really pioneering something. And we had talked about it when you were starting your podcast and you're a few episodes in. And it's so cool because, A, it's just a great show and you've, you're a great host and you've got the great perspective and, and you're giving this voice to people and to a community that I would imagine there aren't very many voices being heard, especially with what you're trying to do. And, and I, you probably explain it better than uh, I can, but in the sense of helping men to, to feel more 
comfortable doing what you're doing and being okay to do what we talked about today and being okay doing cool shit and being okay going to Denali and you know being okay skiing the the Matterhorn those types of things but also but being intentional so I'd love for you to talk a little about the show and I'm curious if there are any stories that are particularly resonant with you that you think might that the guys might enjoy as well yeah absolutely so the the show is called the athlete dad and the athlete dad explores the intersection of physical pursuits and fatherhood. And why it got created was it wasn't me showing up because I was like, oh, I've got this all figured out. Let me bestow some wisdom onto the rest of dads trying to do this. It was because I was setting fires all over the place and being like, somebody surely has to have figured this out, at least better than I have figured this out. And so, it was really in the pursuit of answering these questions of how do I do both? How do I balance these things? How do I bring the benefits of what I'm doing back to my family? How do I weave them into it that the athlete dad was created? And I think a lot of it too is that sometimes we go out into the world and we look for a thing that we feel like we finally have uncovered that we need and we don't see it exists. And we have one of two choices is we can go, well, it doesn't exist. Shoot, dang, I guess I'll go back to what I was doing. Or we can go, I guess I'm going to have to make it because that was really where I was at in my life was being like, man, I feel like I'm accomplishing things that I've wanted to accomplish for a long time that I've worked really hard for, but something's missing because I am dropping the ball on so many other aspects that it almost like doesn't matter the fulfillments I'm getting from one thing because it's like negative in this other area. And so, it was like, how do I really up-level all of this? So, the idea behind the show is not that dads who are athletes have it all figured out, but this is an area where I think there's a really unique perspective. So, we hear from professional, whether current or former, or elite amateur athlete dads around the idea of modeling ambition and the responsibility within that, of balancing responsibilities. And especially in a lot of ways, many of these dads are not professionals. They don't get paid. It's them pursuing their passions outside of also having a full-time job. And then, of course, this idea of integration of how do I blend the things that I love with the people that I love? So, it's not just my family waiting at home like, man, dad's out there pursuing his dreams. Must be nice. But it's like, how do I weave them into this thing so that we're doing this together as much as possible? And the conversations that have come out of this have just wildly exceeded all expectations. And I don't know what I was expecting going into it. Part of it was just really me just gasping for air. Like maybe if I make something, people will will share some information that helps me do better. But I can think of, gosh, there's so many. I mean, I, I think one is this idea that we've talked about in terms of the responsibility to be ambitious, especially in today's age. Like that has, has been a theme that has resonated across every single man that I have spoken with. Some of them articulated exactly that way. Some of them, they do it in their own unique way. Some of them, I think, are just coming to this idea, but it is that sense of like, it's not a knock on my family that 100% of my fulfillment doesn't come from within my home. But it is that because there is a bigger calling for me that I can't just do at home. And not to say that they're not enough, but to say that like, because I'm supposed to go out in the world and reap these benefits so that I can come back to my family and ground them in the benefits that I've also received. Because there's the other side of it too with ambition is I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be like, son, you can be anything. You can do anything in this world. Go after your dreams. And then like, I'm not. And they're like, well, obviously that's not true because look at you, you hate your job. You don't do anything you love. You're never pursuing your passions. I guess that's not how the world works. That's just all talk. 
So this idea of it's a responsibility to be ambitious and the importance of it, it's not just a selfish thing. It is something that is really, really a cornerstone to being fulfilled. On that same theme, though, the thing that has always come up in a lot of these stories is that no matter the greatness that any man has achieved outside of their home, their kids almost don't care. (laughs) And one of these stories was a man who holds the Guinness World Record for rowing across the Atlantic. Imagine that. You're in a rowboat. That's a pretty serious rowboat, but you're in a rowboat and you're rowing across the Atlantic. And not only have you done that, which people have been doing since the 1400s, sailing across, and they were the fastest to ever do it. And he talks about this moment where he lands on the shore and he sees his daughter and he realizes she has no idea what I have just done. She's just happy to see her dad. And that's why she's so excited. Everyone else is cheering like the record and his daughter's just like, dad. And that for me was like, wow, no kid is ever like, man, I wish my dad would have climbed Everest. Like he didn't climb anything. I wish my dad would have sailed across the Atlantic. My dad doesn't even like water. It's like, dude, I wish my dad was there. I wish my dad would have physically given me more physical affection. I wish my dad would have, I wish I could talk to my dad. It's always those things. And so that's the interesting thing about this is not only do we feel like we we need to do these things, we need to show up in this way, it helps us show up in this way, but that's the main thing, the main thing. That's why we're doing this. And I always say that, The way that you balance your ambitions, the way that you bring those benefits back to your home and your ability to balance those things is like the ultimate litmus test of the health of your ambitions. And that if you are not bringing those ambitions back, you're not, your family is not benefiting from you sacrificing time with them to go do these things, then it's not rooted in a healthy why. And you've got to go back to the drawing board and you've got to figure out why is this important and how do I root this in something that's meaningful and true and secure And then, of course, the logistics of it has been really helpful because, you know, a lot of these dads are doing stuff that requires a significant amount of time and training and effort, and uh, none of them have gotten the logistics part right and the schedule part. And so, all of us fumbling through what works and what's not um, has been really great to hear from a very tactical standpoint of how I can improve the way that I just like logistically show up. And so, yeah, one, it's just been rich with so much good information and insight. But two, you know, I think personally it's been, you know, I had the dream and the vision to be able to have conversations with certain athletes that I had looked up to. And this has really given me an opportunity to have some of these very special conversations with people that I would look at as idols is the right word, but people that I really admired and respected and looked up to. And also what I think is so special is about is we're having that conversation around a topic that is so near and dear to me. And that is something that we don't get to hear about often. Like you very rarely does an athlete get to peel back the curtain and be like, fatherhood is fucking hard. Here's what's hard about it for me. Here's what I struggle with and have that vulnerability and that authenticity and that realness. I was was just having a conversation with a a guy who's a multi-time world champion in his sport. And after we hung up, he goes, man, I feel like a weight has been lifted. Like this was a very therapeutic conversation for me to have. I was like, dude, me too. I'm so grateful that we were able to just as men have this conversation. And I've said this from day one, that even if these conversations were had in private and that no one else ever heard them, it would still be a valuable use of my time. And I just feel grateful that they're not in private. 
that this is something we get to share with the world because I think it's a beautiful thing for men to come on and be vulnerable publicly and to talk about the realness of ambition and balance and integration and all these things. So I feel exactly the same way, and especially about today's conversation. It's The Athlete Dad. That's the podcast. It's available now everywhere you get your podcasts. Where else can people go to get connected with you, Ben? Yeah. So you can go to theathletedad.com. You can sign up for our email list if you want to get some exclusive content, bonus episodes, deeper dives. If you like hearing me ramble and go down a lot of rabbit holes, then the email list is for you. I'd say a lot of it also is on our Instagram, at theathletedad. We're posting a lot of that same kind of quote-unquote special content, going a little bit deeper. And of course, this is a, a conversation. My broader vision is that through things like Instagram and whatnot, we start to build this community of men who can start to lean on each other around these specific topics to go deeper. And it's cool too, even if you're not an athlete, it's not just specific to people that are doing sports or physical pursuits. You don't even have to be into physical pursuits or sports. And I, I very specifically call it physical pursuits, not sports. But I think sports and things like that have a beautiful way of translating very easily to the rest of our lives. So I've even had moms and many non-athletes say, this piece, man, that is a piece that I'm going to take and apply to my life. And I think a lot of those conversations are really centered around uh, our Instagram account. I want to thank you fellas for sticking with us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. And go get connected with Ben. Check out the Athlete Dad podcast. Appreciate you being part of the tribe. We'll see you all in the next one. Later, y'all.